Hey podcast, what's up? I recently sat down with my good friend Roz Slaughter and we talked about why so many gyms are failing right now and how personal trainers and fitness professionals can step up and start to thrive in the next few years. There's going to be a lot of economic challenges and there's a lot of reasons why so many fitness business owners are struggling. We're going to reveal those reasons and show you exactly how you can make your business more profitable, how to make it stand out as the number one go-to solution in the area, and how you can avoid the same pitfalls and challenges that are putting other gyms out of business. This is super important to listen to. Check it out right now, and I'd love your feedback and comments, and I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Cool, yeah. Start us off, man. So let's uh, let's just jump into this. I mean, it's like 2020, new decade for the fitness industry. Um, what are some of? I know you just did a massive post about some of the trends and, and and predictions. Why don't you share a little bit about that and what you think are coming down the pipeline for gym owners, studio owners, and uh, boutique guys? Yeah, I think uh, last 10 years we've had it really easy. I think it's been the easiest time to succeed. Uh, and I say that lightly, I mean, I don't, um, you know, the, the hard work is never easy, but I mean, in terms of opportunity, the ecosystem, the economy we've been in, it's, it, we're going to look back now or at least think that the last seven, 10 years was easier to capitalize than I think it will be the next 10 years. And uh, we had a lot of new advantages like Facebook ads, click funnels, access to mentors, information, you know, if you become a fit pro self-employed in the last five, five years or so, you can jump online, go to Google, find the, you know, Rod Slaughter's podcast, fitness business mastery. And it's like, Hey, here's what you do, you know? And, um, 10 years earlier, you didn't have that. The internet hadn't matured to that point where we can just go online and get access to here's how we do it. Here's the tools, here's the swipe files. And I think a lot of fit pros, a very small percentage really took advantage of the last seven years, these opportunities. And, and we've guys like me and you, and we've worked hard and we've, we've built gyms and we've sold gyms and launched new ones. Uh, others in our industry, you know, have really gone all out and, and built dozens and dozens of locations and, and franchises. And the, but the vast majority, the 90% unfortunately have not, jumped on top of this information if they've been in the industry in you know anytime if you've been working for yourself anything from the last one to six seven years you've had really no excuse not to take the kind of content that guys like you were putting out there and using cheap facebook ads and using these advantages social media as a platform for example and um build something of substance and i think the majority of the fit pros that have not done that are now feeling the pinch and they're now maybe finally scraping back and going to those things but they're now realizing that unfortunately as well as some of those things worked for us and are still working for us because we have momentum and, and additional resources it doesn't work quite the same thing for those guys now who open a boot camp yesterday and say you know what i'm just going to throw a face a copied Facebook ad template I found online. I'm going to do a six week challenge and I'm going to have six figures after a month. Right. 
no. <laughs> and, and that's the reality a lot of them are waking up to. And um, that's why I think the next 10 years is going to be very different. We're going to have new opportunities. I think, you know, challenges always create new opportunities and opportunities create new challenges. And uh, it's up to the guys like us who are still in the trenches doing this to, to now start really figuring out what the next 10 years is all about, where the new opportunities. And, and this is the truth about business, that people who've been in business longer than five or 10 years ultimately realize that the work never stops. Because the cost of building a model that works is having a model that did work. And then the economy changes and the ecosystem then technology changes faster than ever today. And what was relevant three years ago is no longer relevant tomorrow. And, and you know, MySpace know about that, Blockbuster Video know about that, and a lot of fit pros are gonna find out about that very quickly in the next couple of years as well. So that's my take on it. I could be wrong, but I, I, this is what I'm seeing. Not what I'm predicting, it's what I'm seeing in the trends already right now. Yeah, man, I, I, I have to. I have to agree with you. I think that the last, uh, like you said, the last seven to ten years for Fit Pros has definitely been fruitful. Um, for and and a lot of them did capitalize and do a lot of the things proper, um, and they learned how to be true business owners, not just technicians. And what I think now is like a lot of people, like Michael Gerber talks about, is they have the entrepreneurial seizure. I want. I'm a great coach. And they let all of the press clippings of their clients tell them how great they are. They run in and decide to open up these huge locations without understanding business and understanding, oh, where are we in this whole saturation of this market? And what happens is now they got, you know, 10,000 square feet and they can't actually fulfill that. They don't have enough income streams coming in. They don't have enough profit at the end of the month. And they find themselves a little bit bitter and burnt out. Uh, we, I think we that we release. Yeah. Uh, probably a loan taken out from the bank or from their friends or something to cover it too. Dude, so I can't tell you how many people I've been talking to recently that this is like, I'm consulting with a guy right now. He's like, I want this big location. I'm like, dude, you don't want this big location. You need to stay within. I've mastered the micro studio formula because it allows me to know that I only need one or two clients that are high premium clients to cover my nut. Whereas when you need, you know, 25 clients just to cover your nut and you have no salary, you're not going to be able to stay in the game. Um, and I think that it was easy for some earlier on. And now they're dealing with the big box gyms. You're dealing with a lot of online coaches. You're dealing with the Pelotons and the mirrors and all of the new technology that are giving people the opportunity to say, I don't need this personal trainer because I can go do it on my own. And I don't believe that they're ever going to be able to do it on their own. But we as the professional have to consistently, like you and I were saying, level up. You have to be willing to invest in yourself so that your knowledge gets better, your ability to get a great result gets better. And we have to stop nipping at the bottom and feeding off the bottom and charging such crap prices because that's why you're struggling. Like if you're charging $30 a tra training session in the U.S., that's so, like I had a client yesterday, she was in New York, she goes, oh, you know what? I was getting full hours for $30 in Florida. And she was in my studio in New York. And I said, well, you're not going to get 30 minutes for $30 in New York. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And when you get that shift, um, I'm excited for this next decade because I think that the cream will rise to the top. 
both when it looks in our industry and it's going to make several personal trainers i think a group of them really have to level up and say how do i really become a business owner and not just a self-employed personal trainer who thinks this is, he's a business this is why you're a pure entrepreneur because you have that you you see the uncertain times and that's what gets you excited the next 10 trip and then that's why you've been in the game so long and you're still around you know 90 percent of fit pros don't make it to their five-year anniversary and and so you you see the the, the challenges the, the the new waters to navigate and you get excited by that you know uh anxiety is excitement to you the next 19 coaches fit pros they they can't stomach that they just can't stomach the water and they want everything to stay the same and they hope that what got them here or what got someone else there is going to work is going to still work for them five years later and that's where we talk that's where we get to mindset and ultimately all this comes back to mindset right and and and, and you know some are just naturally more entrepreneurial and other people aren't and this is what a market cleanse always does it weeds out those you know you mentioned about a lot of fit pros learned about business systems and I actually think i know what you're saying i don't think a lot of them did i think the last 10 years is a slight difference i think a lot the last 10 years pts got comfortable because to 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 do relatively well as a pt you just had to be a pt that learned some marketing because we had social media for the first time in our civilization you can post on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, LinkedIn, whatever in your area and, and get rushes of clients coming to you for the first time in our, in our life as a human species. Only the last 10 years. It's, so, it's still so new, right? We, we, we take it for granted. We've had it majority of our lives, yep. but in humanity, it's been there 10 years and uh, full access to anyone you want. And we've taken it massively for granted. And I, and I think, you know, the PTs just learned a bit of marketing skill, but I think now in 2020 is the time they need to really learn business operations, strategy, leadership mindset. They have to have emotional resilience. Like, and to the point, it's not even learn it. You have to just have it. How do you, how do you teach someone how to be an entrepreneur? How do you teach them to get excited about not knowing what the hell is going to happen next? Some, maybe you can, maybe you can't, I don't know. But I, what I see happening is it's kind of like in the coffee industry where people now see Starbucks and, uh, and, and um, you know, coffee chains like Starbucks explode. And they think, wow, that looks good. Let me get some of that. I'm going to build a coffee shop. But they don't see behind the scene. They see Starbucks now. They don't see that they've been doing it for 35 years. And I think it's the thing with some gyms and franchises and some of the boutique guys that, you know, that me and you know have done super well, like, you know, the Travis Joneses, Sam Bakhtiars, uh, Pat Rigsby's, those guys who've done like mega well and built franchises in the last 10 years. Now the new PTs come along and say, oh, you know, Sam built 150 gyms. Cool. I'll do the same thing from day one. And it's like, it ain't going to work like that for you. It, it's, it, it does it. They don't think it's so easy. And, um, and, I, th and I think this is where, yeah, the, the rubber's gonna meet the road and a lot of these trainers. I, th I, think, I think this year, um, something like Gary Vee says a lot is, you know, the last 10 years, it's been really cool to be an entrepreneur. 
because it's been so easy to at least say you're an entrepreneur or go and get 50 clients and be a six-figure coach or whatever. And um, I think the next 10 years is going to be when it's going to be cool again to become an employee in the fitness industry. I don't mean in general. I mean, because now look at, look at what you've done. You've built, um, what do you want? Two studios, three? What, what do you have right now? Five. Okay, I, five. I, I, I'm sure it was like two <laughs> last time I spoke to you. But. So look, you, what you've done in the last 10 years, because you've mastered business operations and marketing and team leadership and all these different things. And you've, you've been looking at what's working. You've been maximizing it whilst also looking at your downside and prepping for the future and being open-minded and not getting, not getting married to what worked yesterday and not getting complacent on it. Um, because of that, you and guys like you and, and me have, have now built, we've evolved the industry. We've now created job and career opportunities for fit pros who 10 years ago, I didn't have that opportunity 10 years ago. If I wanted a good job in fitness, I had to go wipe sweat off treadmills in LA fitness for minimum wage. There was no, I couldn't go and uh, get a job as a boot camp coach or a semi leading a semi private facility or be a center manager for you. I couldn't and be part of a fast growing young dynamic company and be like the number three, four employee. I couldn't do that now, but, but now me and you had to go out and build it ourselves crack the model, go through the hardship, we've built it. And now after 10 years, here we are. And now the new trainers, and maybe even the ones who've been going a few years and haven't cracked the code as well as you have in your area can, if they can put their ego aside, can say, you know what, Raz, like I've been struggling. I've got 10, 11 clients here. I've been, I'm getting into debt. It's not getting anywhere. Maybe I'm just not cut out to be an entrepreneur and it's not as easy as I thought it was because I thought it was just do Facebook ads. And you know what, Roz, maybe like, could I just come and work under you? Could I be on your team? And you say, you know what, sure. Well, you know, um, this is what we'll do, right? It's, it's going to be, you know, our place takes over your place. We absorb you in. Our name is on the assets now and you get to do what you do best, which you always wanted to do which was coach people and maybe manage a little facility of your own and let me take care of all the bigger operations, responsibilities, finances, scale, growth, and figuring out where the hell we go next. And I think this year, we're going to start to the dominoes start to fall. And a very small minority of fit pros who have the ego dropping, and we know because we're doing this in our gyms already, are going to be like, you know what? Please, please, thank you for this lifeline. I would love to come and give my services to your company. And, 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 and it's not a bad thing. It's good. It's because it's now giving them job and career fulfillment with, without working, you know, under a nine to five. They haven't got to go work for some big, cold corporate gym that doesn't care about them. They get real career prospects with you. Really good, well-paid money doing a job they love with a boss who hopefully isn't an asshole. Um, I don't work for you, so I don't know, but I assume you're not an asshole to work for. And they get the best of everything without all the downside. You take on that because you're the entrepreneur and always have been. And I think this is the year that's going to start to happen. And it's going to be cool again um, to, be, to, to say, you know what, let's go and do that instead. And this is what's going to help guys like me and you keep growing through acquisitions, through mergers, through consolidation, through monopolization to a, to a small degree. And... And then I think in the following years, the next nine years of this decade, 
once the PTs see the first guys drop their ego and do that, I think the chain reaction will start. Because fit pros are walking away from these leases and overheads and debts they've committed to. They've, they've realized their liabilities. They can't flip it around. And um, I, I think that's what, you know, that's what we're focused on in our businesses. That's our focus for the next three to five years. It, it's, it's we're focusing more on acquisitions of other fit pros assets than we even think about shelling out a brand new location from scratch. And um, picking up, and, and now our growth is focused on talent acquisition. Good coaches who are in over their heads in business, but instead want to work for us. And, and you know, cards on the table, that's our business model going forward for the next few years. Yeah, man, I think it's great. I actually learned that from you. And I, I actually have been able to do that with a couple of my consulting clients because they're, they're just over their head. And when you, they're like, that okay, I, do I pay you? I, do I? Yes. I know exactly. you didn't have five, like a few months nope. ago. When I, spoke to I, you. I, have, I have the one that I'm in here. I have one in New York that are personally meta burns. And yeah. now we've just took equity shares and other ones um, that we're working with. And it was basically a conversation that we had a few months ago. And I was like, it's brilliant. And it, it's very easy to do. But the reason it is easy to do, and one of the things I want to piggyback off you, is like, you know, it was easy for fit pros also over the last, you know, three to five years to say, oh, you know what, I'm going to close my gym and just start telling people that I know what I'm doing and become a coach, become a mentor. And I think what we're going to see over the next few years as well is those mentors are going to disappear because it's not just, it's not very, it was easy to throw up a landing page on ClickFunnels and call yourself a, a master coach. I think now that's becoming even harder and people are being exposed um, for not not having the goods. They, if you can't get the outcome in the gym for your clients and, and then you think you're gonna become a coach and you don't know marketing, sales, operations, customer service, and finance, how to put it all together in your own business, how are you gonna do it for someone else? You, you are a one trick pony. And I think that as we, I'm excited because like you are saying, the model you taught, all I have to do is have the right ability to create a good deal and take a great coach and give and release their stress and teach them how to build profit inside their business. And most of them already have so many assets and so much profitability there, they just don't see it. And the reason they don't see it is they're looking at the wrong metrics. You know, when, if you're looking at, oh, just how many clients do I have? Or, you know, I, I, when one of the guys that I'm working with, he had an inactive list of over 400 clients and he had an email list of over 2000 people locally. I'm like, Go, that's gold. Let me show you how to put some gasoline on that, bring some bodies back. It created the experience in the gym. So you start to get raving fans. And the biggest thing is that most of these guys that I've run into, Justin, I wonder what you were saying. It's like they're going out of business because they're trying to compete instead of actually stand out and, and, and niche down, specialize and become that local authority. They're just like every other, they're just like every other boot camp owner. They're just like every other PT. And I'm teaching, hey, why don't you go out there and become an authority on something? When it happened for me, I mean, I moved to Florida and within two weeks I was an authority because I understood how to inject my brand and my ability to get a result for a specific client. Well, it goes right back down again to that entrepreneurial identity. Like I said, they're, they're competing. The way I would phrase that is they're doing the minimal effective amount to survive. Mm. 
they're dabbling, not dominating, as, as you said to me once, right? It's, yep. it's about you, it's surviving or thriving. And in good economic times, you can survive and get by. It looks like you're surviving. It looks like you're maintaining, but there is no maintenance in the world. Because even if you're staying still, the rest of the world is overtaking you. And in good economic times, we can kind of sit still and pretend everything's fine and not see the residual loss. But as, as this economic cycle shortens and things get worse and worse and there's more and more competition and you're having to compete, the crunch time hits and the residual damage is done straight away when 20 of your clients leave and go to the next guy. And, and like, yeah, it's in, in tough economies like this where we're, we're jumping cycles from one economic phase to the next, it's like you've, you've got a, you've authority, dominance, you have to be number one, because if you're number two, you're already invisible. Being, and I say the words to come up, if you want to be, if you still, after hearing this, want to be a business owner the next 10 years, again, if you don't and you think, you know what, I would love for Roz or Justin to acquire my gym work for them and be on their team, great, no judgment or shame in that. That could be, could be the best thing for you. But if you're sure in your heart, you're an entrepreneur and you're going to write this out, the, the words to live by for the next 10 years are going to be that good enough is not good enough. You have to be the absolute best and perceived as you have to be perceived as the best authority, like you said, to even get people to come and sniff you out. And then you've got to actually deliver the goods and be the best to make them stay. And, and you're going to have a tough time. You're going to be fighting off all the hordes of competitors on our boutique level but also now we're gonna have the bigger rise of the bigger chains coming in. I just saw, you mentioned that, that post I put out about those predictions and one of them was big brand names are gonna start making more and more fitness franchises. We're gonna come in, offer the same team training, transformation buzzwords as we do. And they're not gonna deliver the same product, but the buzzwords will will entice the, the market all the same. and. And then I saw an advert that very day on my newsfeed of Tap Out. So Tap Out, the clothing brand, they now have a fitness franchise. Really? They've been acquired by WWE Wrestling. Mm. And um, they're owned by WWE now. I'm not sure if it's a WWE thing or not, but, but I do know WWE have been pushing fitness a lot because I'm an old hardcore wrestling fan, but I still keep up with it. Me too. Absolutely. And I still follow Vince McMahon uh, um, from, a, from a business model as an entrepreneur standpoint, because he's, he's absolutely amazing. And um, he's one of the best entrepreneurs of our generation and, 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 and so on yes, the look. And, you know, I know they've been pushing their, their wrestling performance centers, which are like their training centers. And the last 10 years, they've had a big push towards functional training um, for, their, for their wrestlers. And I'm wondering if this is something to do with them developing um, performance centers and using fitness franchises as a way to actually acquire um, next generation talent. Just think about it though, UFC did the same thing. I mean, the UFC over here, I don't know, do you guys have the UFC gyms yet over in the UK and Greece? Do we have what? The UFC? Not in, not in Cyprus, no, no, we barely have electricity in Cyprus yet. Um, uh, but in the UK, I'm pretty sure we have UFC. I think Dude, I'm not it, sure. It, we have right now the it was, and I'm sure Vince McMahon and the WWE and the way UFC they're they're always looking at what each other are doing. 
I mean, it, it, you have to look at what Dana White and all of them did with the UFC. But the UFC has gyms now that are huge gyms. And they're basically, it's going to wash out some of the fighters because the fighters used to be able to start their own gym and get, and that was another income stream for them. You know, but now the UFC has Randy these gyms Couture. that are, what'd you say? Like Randy Couture did. Yep, Randy Couture, Randy. all of the guys did. Um, you know, I'm down here in Florida and there's an American top team that has a great gym. And, but I didn't know that the WWE has, was doing that, but I think it'll be fantastic because think about their fan base. Of course I want to go there and work out. And if they're, they're probably going to have a ring there and you think that you can do the things that you see all your superstars doing and, and training. Like, I mean, I know The Rock's been a great crossover success. Um, Batista, recently, I, went, I watched his movie with my wife, uh, Stuber. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, you, I think we have, as mentors and as entrepreneurs, we need to keep shouting this out that if you are a boutique owner, a personal trainer, studio owner, you have to be looking outside the game so that you can bring back some information, bring back some things and strategies that are working elsewhere and say, how, how do I use that? I've been doing that my entire business career where I'll look at other industries and go, how, how are they marketing? Oh, they're doing it this way. I'm going to try that. I'm going to test that. And well, I think... I've actually got um, a talk next week here in Cyprus. I've been invited to speak uh, at the largest conference for uh, medium and large gyms in the country. So this is gyms with five, 10,000 plus members. And they've asked me to speak for 20 minutes on what I think is the future of how their gyms. And what I'm telling them is the same. I'm going to tell them, You're, you guys need to focus on transformation. That's what the little guy, like me, that's how I've been chipping away at your legs for the last 10 years. You need to come back and do what we're doing. Um, and you know what? Like we need to, all, us little guys, we need to, to, we need to take a slice out of what you do. I need to start creating larger scale communities and more accessible training options, uh, maybe online hybridization apps, things like that. But I'm going to tell these guys. And so I know firsthand what I'm going and I'm, you know, I've, I've got a, uh, you know, I've got a, give honestly what I think is the best advice to the audience I'm speaking to. And I'm going to tell these, the largest gym owners in the island, on the country, that you guys need to start offering, you know, upsells to your members for, for genuine transformation programs. And maybe I'm hedging my bets a little bit, you know, telling that to the big guys and then telling the little guys to watch out for the big gyms coming in. But yeah, that's the truth of it, man. That's, that's what they're being told. And I've read industry magazines. Um, and they're all, all the big, big gym chains are being told, gun for the boutique market, go take out the little guy, take their team training, take their semi-privates, do it for half the price. It's what they're being, we're what, you know, guys, like, you know, your guys, my guys are watching training like this and educating themselves. There's, there's gym owners with, you know, nine locations and, and 50,000 members watching similar Zoom conferences being told, Go squeeze those little guys like ants and do what they do for half the price. You can afford it. And that's what they're gunning to do the next five years. So again, I don't want this to be doom and gloom, but it's like, this is reality. It's not 10 years ago anymore. We've had a 10 year sprint head start where the big gyms, which are slower to maneuver because they're bigger, have just had to watch us and they've watched us chip away and, and, and take members from them and, and charge three times more than they do and have happy. But you know what? They're not happy with it anymore. And they're for sure. Too. 
And we're, at the end of the day, we're mice, they're elephants. Your job is to not be a, a mouse as fast as you can. That's the best. I, I think what you just said there, what, if anyone's watching or listening to this, the key they have is the, the, the flexibility to move. Um, when you're smaller, you can be very agile. And it's something that I've known. And it's something that and I'm going to share with you. And you'll probably love this. Right now, my wife goes to Weight Watchers. And it's specifically for the fact that Weight Watchers has had an entire branding change over the last 24 months. I don't know if you've seen where Oprah was wellness. became. Yeah. Exactly. It's wellness. They don't call themselves Weight Watchers anymore. It's WW. So they're going through a branding transition. And I wanted to know, what are they doing to keep members for life? Because we know lifetime value is the key. If I can spend more on the front end and keep a client longer, my business is going to be thriving more profitable long term. They have members for years and years, and then they become ambassadors. So I said, you know what, hon? I'll pay for it for the year. I want you to go in there and just I want to come back and gather as much information as possible. One of the cool things that I've learned from them is that they, you, you're talking about transformation. Well, they're big, big on recognition. And I think a lot of us in the fitness industry, we tend to get caught up in, I'm watching this Gary Vee, or I'm watching this and I'm learning from Justin here, but they forget that the client is the key to their success. Weight Watchers hasn't. Every five pounds, they have this little key chain that goes on their key. So now it's five, it's 10, it's 20 and so forth. They have, when they, they weigh you in, they have recognition sound offs where they let you tell your story. They've taken AAA and brought it to the fitness world or the wellness world. And I think if we, and I'm going to start to interject this into my community because it's something that we did at one point and then I went away from it. I started to get really kind of like, oh, I'm just doing what everyone else is doing. We're just going to talk about weight loss and we're just going to talk about the scale. No, you got to understand the psychology of what people are going through and interject, how can you make them feel better when they leave? A little pen is worth more than anything you can do. And, and they're like, and, I, and my, my wife was like, it was like almost 40, 50 people at this meeting on Sunday morning. And she was like, it was amazing. The energy was in there. People are crying. I'm like, wow, they've connected emotion with a business model. And that is so powerful. Anyone listening to this, if you have to understand that it's recognition and accountability that's going to get you that transformation that Justin was talking about. And the more times you can recognize your client, not just like I have 20 pound shirts and, and I was like, oh, but you have to really recognize their wins. It, it may be one pound. It may be they, they were finally able to get two miles in on cardio. Find ways that you can recognize them and they'll stay with you longer because they become a part of your tribe a part of that community. And that is something that the big box gyms are not able to do. The big box gyms, the big franchises, they have to, what, compete on, I have more equipment. I can, I can give you more amenities. But here's the deal. They can't connect with Mr. and Mrs. Jones the way we can. Well, you know, the thing is, um, just again, semantics on your words, you know, the fact is I think they can, they could, do it. You know, they're choosing not to, uh, but they definitely could. And um, like, like a Starbucks is a huge, huge gym, you know, a, a chain 
but they focus and they are where they are because they focused on this level of community aspect in each of their stores. And but I only to combat you on that a little, and I think I think it's good because not all Starbucks are the same. Like I have one here in Palm City that when I moved here just twenty, just eighteen months ago was amazing, Justin, and now it's shit. Because the, the employees, like the minute one, and you mentioned it earlier, it's about leadership. And this is why I believe that a, the small boutique gyms can win. And because if there's, they have the right leaders leading them, like literally the, the manager has gone out of my Starbucks and now I don't like that Starbucks anymore. Because they're just, they mess up your drinks. They're not on point. They're slow. And they're, that's what happens in gyms though. If you take your eye off your gym and you just interject anybody in there, What's going to happen is you're going to lose the quality. Hey, I'm going to raise my hand and say, and on pure, pure authenticity, I, it happened to me. I left New York in the heartbeat out of one of my gyms, crashed, because I was that guy that was passionate. I was high-fiving people, showing up early, staying late. If there was a piece of paper on the floor, I'd pick that shit up, even though I own the gym and someone else could do it. I wanted my clients to see me lead from the front, and I didn't interject that same passion into the people that I left it with. So I had, a, now I'm going back and having to fix that. And you mentioned Travis. I know Travis has had to do it as well. You know, so like when you're in the game, sometimes you have to, you have to take a step back and see that. Now I know Starbucks has had to do that as well. They closed a shit ton of Starbucks here in the United States and then had a revamp. So you're, I, I agree with you that the big box gyms, but they're gonna struggle because in order for big box gyms to have this for their employees, to have the same passion, the owners still have to be in the game. A lot of times they're sitting in the high rise and they forget what it was like to be on the floor. And then they start creating these systems. And when they create these systems and they're like, oh yeah, just go do it. Checklist, go do it. They hire someone consultant, go do it. And they don't realize that, okay, I, but they've never done it. Yeah. They think, and they put, the big mistake is they put structure in front of culture. Mm. Uh, structure, you can implement a checklist, you can implement in 24 hours. Culture, it's going to take nine months to get someone to that level, um, you know, unless you can find someone, and it goes back to hiring for personality, and finding someone with that enthusiasm as much as possible. But you're right, you're never going to find someone who will do it as good as you or care as much as you. And that's what FitPro said, I want to hire you hire someone, but I'm not going to find someone who's as good as me. And it's like, well, no shit. But that's not the goal of business, not to find someone who cares more than you. It's, that's what an acquisition's for, right? It's, it's um, and so, and going back to what you said on Weight Watchers, though, that's a really, loads of good stuff to unpack there. The coaching industry overall, overall whether it's life coaches, fit pros, whoever, they're going through a big identity crisis right now because fit pros um, are just not, the majority are still not there yet to realize that, you know, they, they don't know nearly as much about emotional intelligence, about mindset, neuroscience, communication, human need psychology, relating, communicating with people. They don't understand they're, they're in a people business yet because their identity is still latched onto how much, you know, how much weight can I get off someone? How many inches can I get off that person? How much of a statue can I make them look like? Because again, that's all they, that's all they know. They think that their, their worth is validated by how much of a physical transformation someone makes. 
and they really overestimate how much of a transformation physically our clients are actually looking for. You know, the reality is 90% of our clients are not looking for a physique transformation. Sure, they want to lose 10, 20, 30 pounds. They want to feel better, but, and, and that might attract them in the first place. But I don't, I don't remember having any of our female clients in any of our gyms say, you know what, I'm really bummed out that I'm not 8% body fat yet. And, you know, it's, it, that's a different niche, right? That's a very different niche for a particular client. And you might have that in your gym, but it's not the majority. And I think trainers are still getting so hung up on that, that they're so more concerned about getting the right and teaching the better angle on an exercise to help someone lose a pound more fat than they are about, like you said, recognizing someone, giving them a high five, um, socializing outside the gym, making them feel loved and appreciated, making mm -hmm. them feel good now rather than trying to make them look perfect later. The clients don't care about that half as much as most fit pros worry that they do. But the fit pro keeps pushing that agenda because it's all they know. And they don't, they're not learning that uh, maybe I need to learn to connect with these guys. And like in any relationship that you're in, if it's a personal relationship, an intimate relationship, your partner's not expecting you to be perfect or to give them perfection. They just want to feel connection. And, um, and, and so, yeah, when more fit, and Weight Watchers figured that out a long time ago, uh, to their credit, they, they figured that out and they made their, their people feel heard. They're, they're targeting an audience, a segment of the market that feel intimidated by gyms, that don't feel heard by the average PT who just says, oh, you just need to lose 30 pounds and you'll be fine. You'll feel so much better. And they're not focused so much on the outcome result, but they're more, more focused on the fact that they can help someone feel good now. And that might actually help that person stay longer and get a better result in the long term. Absolutely. And I, 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 when I, when I came up with the idea, I was like, you know what, I, I love this because I'm just taking, taking so much of it in because I realized that that's going to be the key. You don't need, and I've been teaching all my clients, you know, you don't need more. You need to keep and cultivate the ones you have and allow them to go out there and be the soldiers for you. Because like you were, and I know you were talking right now, the marketing here in the U.S., you know, Instagram, Facebook, it's getting to be a point where I don't know how long we're going to be able to be like, oh, rely on Facebook because there's just not enough real estate there. You have to have other ways of attracting your ideal client and getting, keeping your business growing. And I think the key to it is going back to cultivating the tribe and making sure that the referrals and the generation comes from within, not just you putting out a message. Because it, the more we see these Facebook ads increase in price, um, the small guys are struggling. And like you were saying, that, that squeeze coming from the top, you can have an Equinox, a New York sports club, an LA fitness. They can put out really horrible ads, but they have a budget to do that. And it's going to wash the little guy away very soon. And I'm seeing it here, and, and especially in it, like there's a most fit pros can't get Facebook ads to work for them here in the states anymore. No, they can't. You know, and I, I've been saying this years ago. I was like, there's going to come a point where, and they think they think their lead cost being high is something to do with their funnel, and it's it's not. And I told people years ago, I said, there's going to be a time you're going to come to me and say, what can I do to improve my ad? And I'm going to say, your ad's fine. Your ad's perfect. Then why does it cost more? Because it does. 
The same yep. reason real estate in New York costs more now than it did a hundred years ago because everyone wants it. That's why yep. it's not fair that a condo, you know, like a, a an apartment in New York is, you know, $26,000 a month. Um, and it's so funny, right? Like someone, it was, it was a bit of a joke, but I, I kind of meant it. Um, I put a Facebook post up about one of our gyms over here in Europe getting like, still getting, we still get, you know, one, one, two dollar leads now and then quite often over here. And a fit pro was like, in America was like, how do I get two dollar leads? And I said, move to Eastern Europe. You know, and he was like, oh, that's funny, but what's the answer? I said, the answer is move to Eastern Europe. <laughs> if you want to pay $2,000 a month for rent and not $26,000 in New York, move out of New York. <laughs> yep. Here's your answer. It's geo-arbitrage. It's not, you can't negotiate a $26,000 New York lease down to $2,000 a month, no matter what you do, unless you're a freaking criminal, right? So it's like um, when you can, if you didn't get in on the, the local advantage when it was there, which it was five, seven years ago, then you now have to play the rules by the bigger ecosystem, which is going to force you out if you don't find another way to compete. And yeah. this is why one of the biggest things I can tell Fipros is you have to stop looking for the short term. Fipros are always trying to compete on the short term unsustainable advantages. And it's always something they're looking at on the front end. Nothing you do on the front end of your business, which means marketing, will never be sustainable long-term, right? So six-week challenges were popular. Now they're not. Free trials were popular. Now they're not. Facebook ads were cheap. Now they're not. Funnels were new and shiny. Now they're not. There's nothing you can do on the front because if it's that easy to take advantage of it, then in five years, everyone else will take advantage of it also. The fact what made it easy to succeed makes it easy to fail. The ultimate advantage going forward is going to be, and the only one that's ever been in business, is to have an economic advantage. And that means you build your business in the right location that, that gives you an economic advantage, you, you or to the best of your ability. And also the next thing is to have internal structures like your payroll structure, we beat most gyms because they pay the going rate for personal trainers. They pay 25, 35 pounds a session to their coaches, which is a one-to-one -one rate, and they pay that to teach their boot camps. Our guys are on about 12 to $15 an hour. So we've got a 50% economic advantage over our competition already to spend more on other things. And the other thing is we build up our operating capital. We focus on profit, not revenue. And our goal isn't to make as much money up front with no regard for where it goes. Our goal financially is to get as many months worth of operating costs in the bank. So we look at that number, the health of our, each of our gyms is by how many months of operating capital we have in reserve. So if it costs mm. us uh, $10,000 a month to break even one gym, that's our costs. We want to have at least six to 10 months of that number in the bank. So 60 to 100K in the, in the profit reserve. So that means if we lost all our revenue tomorrow, if we lost everything, we could continue operating at the same cost for six to 10 months without breaking a sweat. And that gives us the buffer time to recover and get back on track if we're hit by certain um, threats. Most fitness businesses don't have that. They don't have more than one month of operating capital stored in the bank which means they're less than one month away from bankruptcy when they have a bad month. 
and there's always a bad month coming. So now is that time. My last thing is we're, 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 we've gone through a summer season. We're going into winter season. And I always, I've been telling people for the longest time, you best fix the leaky roof while the sun's still out. Dude, I love you said that. I think probably 95% of gyms, if they had to go two months without hitting their numbers, they would be under. And there, and 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 this is crazy. And and I started this probably. My business partner thought it was crazy. We started. I, I read Profit First, and then I was big fan of you know economics and understanding my money blueprint. So I was like, oh, I had all these buckets. So even when we were doing really crappy, I was putting money in a savings account for our business. And when we had bad months, I never missed a payroll in twelve years. I've never missed a payroll. And, and, I, and, I, and I really say that proudly because there's so many gyms. I've paid myself since day one a salary. And, and being able to do that was because of that, that mindset of understanding economics and understanding, okay, put it here. Because there's been months where we've crashed and burned. Like we've had like, you know, a, a $12,000 a month. And I'm like, damn, my expenses are with payroll and all of the perks are like 18. I'm 6K under, but it's not a big deal. All right, pull from our reserve, make sure our marketing's tight keep it moving. This is and what you said there is so critical. If they're listening, anyone start now, start now while you said, while, while the sun is out, putting a little bit aside, don't take all your money and bring it home and think, Oh, I'm making a big, big chunk of money. That's going to help you when it gets lean. Um, and our market, let's just talk about this. Cause I think that people don't understand market saturation and sophistication are so critical because the marketing that we were doing, two years ago is no longer working because the market is more sophisticated today. They see, they know direct response marketing, even on a, on a subconscious level, like, Oh, I, I know what this, that headline means. That's not real. That's just a false claim. Um, they know this. And we as experts now have to find out how do we connect with people? And I know you're a big fan of Gary. We have to do one-to-one. -one. You got to actually, like, I am literally sometimes direct messaging, people in my private groups just saying, what's up? How's it going? You know, is there anything you, I can do to help you? Because that's what's really creating a new type of connection. Because just, I, I don't, you can't just get an ad up on Facebook and people don't know it before. They'd be like, I don't know how you, I see you everywhere. Everybody understands retargeting now. It's not something that was like, you know, now you got freaking Kate Spade and all of these big brands doing it. You have to change when everyone zigs, you got to zag. And I think if we start zagging today, we're going to be able to, over the next decade, keep thriving. But the minute we start copying and pasting, copying and pasting, we're going to go down and you're going to see more gyms close. You're going to have more opportunity to acquire them. And I think that it's even worse is that you got so many trainers that are just going to go back and say, you know what, I'm going to fold and get a job. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. You know, I've got I've got one more minute here, and I've got to jump off. But I would just like you said there that the the fit pro to succeed in marketing and sales, it's down to one thing: you've got to be willing to have and handle conversations at scale. Gary talks about content at scale. I'm talking about one-to-one -one conversations at scale. Um, yeah, again, like you, you got to be there talking to people. Give your cell phone number out. Give your WhatsApp out to people. Uh, let them connect with you straight away. Don't try and force them through a freaking email funnel. If and we're, you know, we've been putting our phone number on our Instagram and Facebook ad posts for about close to a year now. 
and the response rate has gone through the roof. People don't click on the ad as much, but they just give us a quick call. Yep. And we've achieved the objective. They're on the phone with us. We barely care about email lists these days. I'm not one of those guys who say email marketing is dead, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely, it's on the way. It's in cardiac arrest. We don't even care about collecting emails anymore. All we care about is that getting that person in a one-to-one -one conversation with us uh, on messenger and then from, or, or on the phone or in person. And we need to stop thinking about how do I automate conversations by giving everyone an automated email. That's what's killing your business is trying to automate customer relationships. And while everyone else is running in that direction, trying to automate the work, we use automation where it's meant for in backend processes, like getting better payments on time, helping us with scheduling, use automation for non-customer facing activities so that we can have more time with prospects and customers face to face. That's that difference. And that's what creates that community you were talking about. Absolutely, Justin. Well, it's always good to get down here and chat. We can do this for hours, but I know you got to run and so do I, man. Thank you so much. I'll get you a copy of this real soon. And I'll, I can't wait to see you when you come out in Miami, brother. I will see you soon. Good chat as always, my friend. Peace, man.